Chapter 7 of The Pirate Woman. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by James K. White, Chula Vista. The Pirate Woman by Aylward Edward Dingle. Chapter 7 The Attack on the Fieu Follette. By means of the floating blind, the point had been carried out across the narrow channel until its edge rested on the bar, and the schooner lay with a heavy list broadside onto the hard sand. Yellow Rufe and his followers, runaways from the pirates' camp, maroons banished from their homes for crimes against their fellows, rebellious slaves and whatnot, splashed through the shallow water and stormed the Fier Follette by way of the jib-boom and head-rigging, while Sancho urged his boats on toward the vessel's quarters. Dolores, uncertain yet as to Sancho's motives, but in no uncertainty as to Rufes, paused but to look around for Milo as she leaped down the cliff. The giant was even then engaged in thwarting an inclination on the part of the yachtsman to follow Dolores, for her spell, gone for the moment, Wiener felt all an owner's solicitude for his property. But Milo had been well schooled. He knew how to play upon little weaknesses. Pacherette had told him, if he had not seen for himself, how amorousness and cupidity formed the keynote of character in the visitors, and now he used the knowledge to the fullest extent. The little octoroon appeared as Dolores watched. She had hastily attired herself in dry clothes a single garment more filmy and daring than that she had worn to swim aboard the schooner, and from her mistress's store had borrowed jewels that transformed her into a beautiful little golden butterfly. Dolores saw all this in a flash. She saw Pacharette take capable charge of the three men, led them away from the cliff, and then Milo advanced to the steep path. Turning swiftly to resume her career, Dolores uttered a shrill, piercing cry that the giant understood perfectly, and she plunged into the sea as he bounded down the slope to her support. The schooner's crew were already hard-pressed, but they fought like men, led courageously by Peters, the sailing-master. As Dolores cleft the sparkling water, speeding out to them like a gorgeous sprite of the waves, men tugged at gun-tackles to swing a piece around to rake their own decks, for Yellow Rufe and his ruffians had swept the forecastle clear of defenders. And Dolores reached the vessel, climbed over the low-listing rail nimbly as a jungle cat at the instant when Sancho's boats hooked on to the main chains and took the crew in the rear. The pirate queen stood for a single long breath to grasp the scene in its entirety. Panting slightly from her exertions, her blazing eyes and heaving breast rendered her a figure of bewildering and awful loveliness, and the Fier Follette's men paused in the fight out of sheer amazement. Sancho's gaze fell on her the moment his evil head topped the rail, and into his eyes crept an expression of detected insubordination. He sought Yellow Rufe, but Dolores had seen all she needed to apprise her that this was a concerted attempt to flout her authority. Then Rufe's hoarse roar went up, and the tide of struggling men surged anew, and Sancho, plucking up heart, 
rejoined with a scream. "'Into the sea with the dogs!' he cried. "'Tis such a craft as Yabes would love to see ye carry!' The fight roiled aft, and Dolores was left standing alone by the midship shot-rack. She singled out a few of her men by name, and commanded them to rally to her side. Then, seizing a cutlass from the deck, she glided tigerishly to the main companionway, down which the pirates were now driving the beaten crew, and the men she had picked out were shorn of all indecision as Milo leaped on board with a bull-throated shout and gained her side. "'Sancho! Rufe! Have done with this play!' she cried, placing herself in front of the blood-hungry horde. "'Dogs, fall back!' Have ye no memory that ye forget how Dolores strikes? Milo had picked up a hand's pike, and with it across his breast he bore back the scowling rascals, smiling the while himself with quiet contempt. But one, hardier than the rest, ran to the skylight, dashed in the glass with his boot, and cried with outflung arm, A plague upon her and her strokes! See yonder, lads, her cunning trick! Our sloop comes back empty-handed, as she well knew it would, and here lies to your hands work that the Red Chief had reveled in. Down with her and the big bull. Below is loot fit for bold fellows. Without moving from where he stood, Milo pivoted around, the heavy hands-pike, six feet of true ash, rigid as a bar of iron, took the overbold pirate at the base of the skull, and spilled his brains into the breach he had made. Growling with fury, a man from Sancho's crew sprang to avenge the stroke with steel, and his blade creased down Milo's sturdy ribs before the giant had recovered from his own swing. And with the hissing slit of ripping skin, Milo's debt was paid for him. Dolores, agile as a panther, reached the pirate with her cutlass pointed, and the steel hilt rang against his breastbone. But in the momentary pause in her vigilance, a score of Rufe's ruffians burst past her and poured below into the saloon, where renewed sounds of combat told of the ferreting out of the beaten crew. "'Milo, follow me!' cried Dolores, springing down the stairs herself, careless whether her wavering half-dozen followed or stayed. Her whole soul was sickened with the fear that this vessel, the long-wished-for means of her release from what had become a hateful bondage, was in danger of destruction at the red hands of Rufe's undisciplined dogs. And swiftly approaching on the freshening evening breeze, her sloop grew momentarily clearer to the eye. It was easy to fancy she could hear the howls of disappointed rage peeling up from her deck. It needed no second sight to determine the side those humiliated pirates would take, when they hove alongside another prey which promised at least a taste of coveted loot. In the brief time since the pirates' entry, the schooner's saloon had become a place of desolation. All the magnificence of unrestricted cost was there, and all the beauty of artistic selection, and over all was the mark of the beast, blood and torn hangings, corpses and splintered panels, chaos and sulphur smoke as the pillage started. Dolores sought out through the smoke a breathing man in the uniform of the yacht, and swiftly placed her lips to his ear, her mind made up to a terrible expedient to save this vessel for herself. "'Tell me quickly, where is the magazine?' 
the man opened his agonized eyes saw that splendid blazing face close to his own and shook his head loyally he would give his master's enemies no assistance speak fool she hissed shaking him they were alone by the great table leg on the red stained carpet i would defeat these sharks where is the powder the man looked into her eyes again and she smiled at him it was enough he weakly pointed to a stout door on the starboard side forward of the sailing master's stateroom door beyond which the sound of axes already resounded the owners and guests quarters were filled to overflowing with ravenous wolves tearing and ripping in a frenzy of pillage at the after end of the saloon a pirate stood over a great cask issuing jugs of liquor to such of his fellows as found time amid the riot to drink milo gripped his hands pike waiting for a command that should send him like awful fate into the thick of the murderous mob milo bring me a powder keg from that magazine dolores said still crouching low and hidden beneath the smoke pall the giant entered the room shattering the lock with a lunge of his shoulder and returned bearing an unopened keg of cannon powder place it upon the table then the girl rose to her feet with eyes glittering coldly and lips pressed to a tight line find me a lighted brand swiftly she said and when the giant snatched up a splinter of dry wood lighting it at the steward's brazier in the little pantry off the saloon she swept majestically aft to suddenly confront the roaring ruffian at the wine cask milo hurl this liquor cask away milo picked up the heavy barrel as a man might pick up a cushion heaved it above his head and flung it like a cannon shot at the door behind which rang the greatest noise while the pirate whose care the wine had been gaped like a stranded fish now this dog the man followed his cask before his mouth closed from his astonishment but as he flew his leathern lungs performed their office and warned the pillagers of peril out from cabins and storerooms poured the rascals gorged with fine wines and delicate foods seized in their pillaging steamy with blood not yet dried on their bestial faces and when the great saloon was full dolores raised her torch above her head and blazed out at them in five short breaths this vessel carries all thy black souls to hell skulking rats swim while the breath is in you the torch came down milo smashed in the head of the keg revealing the terrible contents and as if in grim jest he snatched up a sprinkling of the powder and flicked some grains into the flare of the torch if there had been any doubt as to the deadly earnestness of dolores there could be none now for sparks crackled and spit in fearful nearness to that open keg men stampeded for the stairs hurling each other down in their frenzy but yellow rufe and sancho lingered theirs had been the gravest fault if they fled it must be only to do penance some other day if they forced dolores's hand at least she and that scornful giant must die the death also they stood their ground staring defiantly into her expressionless face dolores spoke no word more milo stood like a bronze figure of doom at her side his noble face expressionless as hers between them stood that keg of terrible possibilities 
the girl lowered the torch until the flame all but licked the wood of the keg a dropping piece of charred wood fell audibly against the side sancho's breath caught painfully yellow rufe's bloodshot eyes wavered still they held on milo i give thee freedom said dolores in a low distinct voice that carried to their ears like the sound of a silver bell farewell faithful friend the torch swept around fanning to a blaze in the eddying air then darted toward the keg and with a yell that echoed on deck and far out over the sea yellow rufe and sancho turned and fled fighting with each other as had their less bold fellows for the precious air of safety dolores laughed contemptuously flung the torch aside and bade milo trample it out then she too ascended to the deck to view her victory the sea was dotted with swimming men the beach was full of running men terrified men made the cliff resound with their cries then sure that the schooner was free of foes dolores looked toward the sloop now within hail of the schooner and coming fast with sail and sweeps while her crew stared over the low bulwarks in puzzlement as to the reason for the hasty exodus from the strange craft here milo is fresh fare of trouble hast brought my own flag here sultana replied milo taking a carefully folded silken banner from a pocket in his leathern tunic hoist it then at the main perhaps hanglip and caliban stumpy and the rest of my brave jackals will forego their expected meal at sight of it and send forth a shout for slaves this vessel must be cleansed and her people's wounds attended to up at the schooner's lofty main truck the sultana's private flag fluttered out the mark and sign of dolores's ownership and while three anxious yachtsmen on the cliff-top waited for her return a hundred and twenty hungry and thirsty baffled ruffians on the sloop cursed her vehemently in their hoarse dry throats end of chapter seven recording by james k white chula vista